Welcome to Kick Back and Chat Shit, the most relevant football podcast on air. We chat about the latest results, trends and storylines in the Premier League. This is football commentary at the highest level. If you're ready, kick back and listen to Max and Mike chat their shit. Let's go in three, two, one. Yo, what's going on, party people? It's Max Oldham. It's Michael Garrick. It's kickback and chat shit. And it's Monday evening, Monday morning. How are we starting this week off, Mike? Man, you know we started this week off with the workout, fam. Um, it's the first time I worked out in like six weeks. Six weeks, man. Uh, and, you know, I got my little dad bod going with no kids. Kind of crazy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how do you work out with one leg? So is it is it a sitting down? It's a seated um, workout. No, no. I mean, I could do some standing stuff as well. It's just, you know, I can't put as much pressure on my leg. Can't do any, like, lower body stuff. But it's just kind of, you know, getting back into the swing of things. I feel like that's, like, been a huge part of my, my day-to-day. Not being able to doing it, not, not being able to actually work out has actually been kind of uh, – I don't want to say depressing is the wrong word, but it's just been it's just a bit off. Things have just been a bit off. So throwing you throwing you out of sync. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like you know, like a uh, like an iPhone that needs to be plugged into the computer. You get me? Um, so <laughs> yeah, factory reset. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, it was it's a nice day, man. It's a nice day. What about you, Max? Talk to me. Talk to me. Um, I mean, likewise, I didn't do my workout in the manana. I did it uh, midday. I like to break up my day that way just to air out any frustrations that I've had <laughs> from the morning. Mm. Um, you know, a bit of work, and, and now I'm going to finish off with doing what I like best, and that's talking about football. So all, all is good, man. Yeah, that's, that's dope, man. That's dope. And, you know, before we actually jump into the whole football thing, man, I'm just very interested to see, like, what shows have you been watching? Uh, I mean, you know, a lot of people, I'm, you know, before you go, before you go, a lot of people always ask you or ask us, what shows are you watching? What's the thing? What yeah. should you watch? What should you watch? So let's just tell the people. Let's just let them know what's like on our yeah. um, in our library. I, I, I had a revelation last night. So I was making, <laughs> <laughs> you know me, I got to make it deep somehow. Um I was watching Money Heist, yeah, and that shit is stressful. <laughs> that show, like them, they've been in that shit for like two weeks. They haven't even left the bank vault. And I'm just thinking, five seasons? Like, how can they make this go for five seasons? Like, I honestly think I might get bored if they don't leave the bank anytime soon. They finally made it through the wall. Why? Why are you? Why are you telling? Everybody, why are you saying so much, man? Just, just tell us what you like about it. You, now right, people gonna watch it. Like, like, damn. I just, I, I think I like a show that is straight and to the point. And I think that's one thing about Money Heist that I would change. I think there's too many side stories. However, the show is really fucking good, so I would recommend <laughs> watching it. <laughs> <laughs> however that's a big however no nah, i think i think the side story is actually making for me i mean you kind of learn about the background you see like w- maybe what, even why they're in the bank how do they even get to like who they are etc cetera, etc cetera. so the money heist is a great show um another good show end of the fucking world 
Um, sorry if you guys don't like the F word, uh, but it's on Netflix as well, and it's it's amazing. And the episodes are like twenty to thirty minutes in length, and I mean, we like actually that. watched it. We actually watched it in like two days. And the whole thing. Yeah, it's two seasons. Oh, I mean, okay. I think like ten episodes or something like that. It's not. It's not anything crazy. Um, and I mean, it's fucking amazing. Like one show that I definitely recommend people to watch, and it's based on a like factual events. It's called The Serpent. Um, that's it's on BBC. Um, so if you have any kind of you know streaming services that get English TV shows, it's not on Netflix as of yet. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, if you have a special website. You know, I'm not naming names on the website that has it, then you can watch it there. But The Serpent is definitely one to watch. It's like the perfect combination of a thriller, but, you know, kind of creepy as well at the same time, sinister. Um, it's just mind boggling, you know, how these kind of things can happen. I'm not going to say too much, but, you know. Well, well. If you're in the U.S., The Serpent is on Netflix. <laughs> there you go. You need to honestly, you need to watch The Serpent. It's all right, really good. All right. The acting, all right, was, the acting was really good. All right, cool. That's that's definitely on my list. That's definitely on my list. But to on into better things, let's talk about footy, football. You know, the best thing in the world, the best sport in the world. I think it's like over four or five billion people like watch it like basically the whole world really just loves football (laughs) (laughs) i found that out watching this documentary uh the other day i was like god damn that's a lot of people um champions league football man let's talk about that like let's 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 just kind of like just dive straight into it man united young boys man united young boys i'm gonna say it one more time for max man united Young boy. <laughs> yeah, we got. Yeah, you know, I think after the red card, it all went downhill. I don't think it's anything to get too worried about. But I think that's why we love football. I mean, from a neutral standpoint, which I wasn't neutral yeah. on the day, you can really appreciate that. Like the crowd was incredible. The scenes yeah. where they scored that, the winning goal, the mistakes, the incredible play with the first goal that Man United scored, you know, it, it had everything. It had everything. I think the one thing I've noticed about the Champions League this year is that teams aren't sitting back and letting the, you know, the, the big boys, the big players do what they want. I watched the PSG game and you would expect PSG to run through Club Bruges like they weren't even there. Club Bruges yeah. gave it to them. They, yeah. they fucking were so intense. PSG players look like they couldn't handle it. Um, then you've got, you know, incredible matches like the AC Milan Liverpool game. Like, what a game. That's going to be that. If you look back on that, that's that's going to be a classic match. You go 2 1 down and then win 3 2. Like, incredible. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was an incredible and game. They have a knack also, against AC Milan. What did you say it again? Liverpool seem to have a knack against AC Milan. Man, I, I I agree, I agree, but it's just it's kind of crazy. I'm not. I know you didn't watch the game because you had football, but I mean, it was an incredible match for sure. Um, Barcelona done and dusted, out of it. Barcelona are going to go through what Liverpool went through before Jurgen Klopp, or actually before Brendan Rodgers came in. Mm. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be ten, maybe 
even longer years of being far down. I 10 years. Long, yeah, I think it's going to be a very long time. If you look at where they are financially and what they had to do with their players, who's playing for them now. I mean, there's there's talks of them even getting rid of Ronald Koeman already this year. Like the club is just in so much turmoil. I mean, how can you see, where, where's the light at the end of the tunnel for them? Yeah. Uh... I mean, I mean, is he really doing a bad job? I think he's doing pretty well. I mean, with the with the circumstances. Well, with the, the circumstances, so what? So then Barcelona just have to lower their their expectations, basically. They do because they don't have fucking. They don't have any fucking money. What do you expect? You don't have any money. Look, you can't you can't get a Rolls Royce if you don't have Rolls Royce money. Go get you a Chrysler three hundred and call it a day. People used to say those look like Bentleys. Like remember when that remember when the Chrysler three hundred came out and like everyone was like, dang, that looks like a Bentley. Like Yeah, people were people were checking it out for it to look like a Bentley. It looks so so trash. Like people don't customize Bentleys. You're not come on now. Anyway I think that's that's a really good that's a really good analogy. Barcelona looks like it should be a Bentley, but really underneath the hood, underneath the surface, it's really a Chrysler 300. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would rather and be Memphis like a Memphis Depay is the driver. Hey, but Memphis Depay is like uh, Lewis Hamilton. I think they might be cousins or something because that boy moving. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking, but speaking of another light skin, Jude Bellingham. What a player, Jude. Yeah, Jude. I mean just turned 18 years old. What were you doing when you were 18? Where were you when you were 18? When I was at Bishop Dowd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I lost, I, we, lo- we lost to Akalani's at 18. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy is scoring Champions League goals against Besiktas in Istanbul. Wow. Uh. I mean, just think about it. I think his first Champions League goal was it against uh, Man City, the banger. Yeah. Yeah, it's just 17, 17 years old. That is yeah. incredible. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, he's a Champions- player. He is, he is. And, I mean, him, Haaland, and Reyna, just, just the way that these – I mean, we talk about it all the time, but, God, this German factory is German. fucking mad. Yeah, but I, the German the German game is is, is – what would it be like to be a fan of Dortmund? Like, really think about it. Because you know that your best players are going to leave. You know that you don't have <laughs> the financial muscle to compete with Bayern Munich. Like, and still 80,000 of those people turn up every week. I mean, that must be one hell of an atmosphere to go every week to know that you're going to finish second place. Yeah. I I mean, maybe, maybe second place is a championship for them. I mean... When when you when you look at it and when you sit back and you say that damn, we've done all this without you know nearly any of the money of Bayern Munich. We we have all the success we have. We're getting. I mean, the amount of money that they get just off the transfer market is probably ridiculous. Um, yeah. So I don't I, I don't know I don't know I don't know how it would be like to be a fan. I mean, don't you want to compete at some way, shape, or form? And, yeah, and it's start winning shit. Exactly, and the fans in Germany have fifty-one percent minimum uh, 
like ownership of the club. So they've got a they've got a say in everything that the club does when it comes to board meetings. You know, when when the big decisions are made. And I wonder if at some point the Dortmund fans will just say, you know what, enough's enough. We have to keep these players. I mean, imagine if they did keep Haaland, Bellingham, <laughs> if, if, they kept, if they kept Sancho. If, yeah, Sancho, if they kept, yeah. You know, I mean, that, that team could Lewandowski. be ridiculous. All right, well, now, I mean, yeah. Aubameyang. That team has won how many championships for Bayern Munich? The Borussia Dortmund has won championships for Bayern Munich just on I producing mean, players alone. They should basically be co co champions. <laughs> like every, every year, if if you have more than three players from that have played for Borussia Dortmund, you have to. We have they, to be co champions. They yeah they they deserve a medal or they deserve at least one hand on the trophy. But no man, the Champions League has been amazing so far. Um, some really exciting performances. I mean, like we say, it's only week one, but yeah, yeah, it's the pinnacle. I mean, yeah, it it really gets no better than this. I mean, especially with fans back, it's just it's just fucking amazing. Like it's literally, it's literally. How would amazing. you feel going to a match? Would you be comfortable doing that? Because I see I don't the know. matches, I, the matches in the U.S. You know, football games. Uh, NFL games, they got people there, but I don't know if I would do it in the US. Well, it depends. You know what? You know what's actually crazy at the uh, at the Raiders game, the Raiders home game, the first one actually with fans. They said that you either had to be fully vac, you either have to be vaccinated, show your vaccination card, or mm-hmm. you can get a shot at the fucking door. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yes, and that's the only way you can get into the stadium. And thousands of people got their first shot at the door. I don't know how I don't know how it was set up or how they did it, but thousands how of people. That, how has that been regulated? I mean, they probably have. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's 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 a great it's a great strategy um, to actually get people in the door. Granted, like, what if you had COVID and you got the shot and yeah, you know. know different complications that kind of go along with that. But I think that is it's an incredible strategy to say that hey, you have to be vaccinated or get your first shot. Even though, like, they could still probably spread COVID, but it, it still is like it, it's it's a it's a reason. Like well, all these people have their, season tickets, and they're excited. They and then maybe a couple weeks later, at the next game, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, I, I mean, I'm not. I just I'm to, not. Go ahead. No, I just I just wanted to to think about that because it's like, you know, um, there's. So many conflicting reports in the media, um, you know, even here. And I don't, I don't know what it was like in the U.S., but the fact that they've merged the kind of sports and kind of vaccination process together, I think is, you know, on the surface of it, is, is kind of genius. Yeah. It is genius. It is because people are willing to do so much just to go watch their team play. People want to be out and about. So if if you have to do these like some, these mandates – there are going to be individuals that are going to like, fuck that, I'm not going. But majority mm-hmm. of folks are going to just say like, yo, I want to go. I'm going to get my shot. I'm going to be vaccinated. And I want to go support my club, support my team. So, I mean, I think it's genius. I think it's the right it's the right move. And, you know, just based off of research, and it, this is not a COVID talk, but just based off of research, we know that you're more likely to survive COVID by having a shot. You're more likely not to yeah. have like the ridiculous amounts of symptoms. So, 
if we're all going to be in close quarters, I think it just is the like the responsible thing for these clubs to do. You can't you can't have a sold out stadium and just be like fuck it. We'll just see what happens. Like that that that's <laughs> yeah. irresponsible. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. Uh, yeah, so but yeah, just it's before interesting. We switch topics. I wanted to say one thing. Um, I didn't know if we were going to touch on it, but I just want to give a special shout out to uh, Nkunku from RB Leipzig, um, who scored a hat trick, <sighs> but still lost six three. So but, your team got absolutely the... <laughs> slapped, but you had the best performance of your life. So hats off to you, my man. That was an incredible performance. I didn't even know he had headers in his game like that. Um, yeah, great play. I mean, we've actually been talking about Nkunku for a hot minute. Um, you know, he's for a player sure. that's really impressed us. So hopefully, he he gets his uh, you know his credit where credit is deserved. He was player of the match as well. In a loss, yeah, like yeah. you know how you know how great you know how great of a performance you have to be to lose six three and be player of the match, <laughs> man of the match. <laughs> he was playing so, out of his skin. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's dope to see. But yeah, let's jump into um, let's jump into this EPL man, this pr- Premier League, our favorite league, the best league in the world. And one thing I just want to say, and. I think that it goes understated. And I saw this on Twitter. I saw this on Twitter the other day. Someone said that Ronaldo does not get enough respect for changing leagues and being successful. Because literally every league he's gone to, he's been successful. Yeah. And it, it is quite mad that right now, what do he say, has four and three games? Yeah, four and three. Yeah, he does. Playing with a new team, starting, coming up. And not to say, like, Messi is still our GOAT, but if you look at Messi, Messi is struggling a bit, yeah? Um, I think struggling is a bit harsh, but he's definitely not doing as well as Cristiano. I'm just saying he's struggling. He hasn't scored a goal yet. That's 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 very yeah, Messi-like. His, yeah, his, but his performance yesterday in the first half was pretty exceptional, apart from the you know, no goals. Yeah, I mean, he was the best player on the pitch by a mile. But I agree. Cristiano has – he's found his niche where he can be a success in any team that he plays for just because he knows what he does can adapt to any league. Mm. Every league, you need to score goals. Every league, you're going to put the ball in the box. And there's going to be one guy there who's the sharpest, the quickest mind, the best finisher, and that's him in every league in Europe. Um, and, you know, I think what's different for him, with him playing in Juventus the last couple of years, he's now got a team that can find him in any kind of situation. Bruno Fernandes has changed the way that he's played to get the best yeah. out of Cristiano Ronaldo, which I think is super interesting. I wasn't really predicting that. And I think you're right. Yeah. He does deserve credit. Well, that's, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to say that because I think that you know, with our podcast, it, it's easy for us to kind of just get lost in, lost in our perspectives. You know what I'm saying? Like we we love Messi. We we maybe we don't really really like the way that Ronaldo plays at times. We think some of the you know he's Mr. Penaldo, etc. But I mean, like honestly, just watching him and watching him adapt is is fucking amazing. Because we we say it all the time. There's players that have done well in La Liga. There's players that have done well in um in Germany in the Bundesliga, and they come to the Prem. And it takes them months. Yeah. It takes them months to adapt. 
Um, and then just seeing Ronaldo just come in and just like bang. It's like, bro, like the fuck, like. <laughs> That's crazy. It makes no sense. Um, but let's 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 go ahead and talk about some of the matches. I mean, for for you this week, man. What are, what is what are some of the matches that are like really stood out to you? Um, I mean, we could start we could start with with um, Man United since we are talking about Ronaldo. Yeah, I think all right. Well, we can start with Man United. I don't I don't think it was a great performance by Manchester United. Um, really, I mean, I think if you look at Cristiano's goal. It's a goal that probably should have been saved. Do you know what I mean? And and that is kind of a common theme with a lot of his goals. It's it's we're we're getting lucky on rebounds from from goalkeepers. However, I do think they were unlucky to have penalties turned down. I think Cristiano probably should have had at least one penalty. And then not the second one though. No, no, I agree. But I think luck is on our side at the moment because you know then we've got. A penalty in the last minute of the game, yeah, De Gea makes a save, but it's not a good penalty. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, not at all. So, and 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 before before you go on, I mean, do you think David Moyes should have learned from uh, Gareth Southgate on not doing that? I and yeah, not bringing I'm, a player I'm, cold off the bench to come take a pen. I'm really glad you said that. I'm really glad you said that because yes, I think he does deserve a lot of criticism for that decision. Um, and I think we spoke, we did, we spoke about like the reasoning that he gave behind that. And what he said was that they'd miss a lot of penalties. Mark Noble's record at penalties is exceptional. Um, and because they had missed and he's the club captain, club legend, they figured, you know, he could have his, uh, have his moment to be the, the hero. I saw someone else try and compare it to, okay, but in American football, they bring a kicker on to score a field goal. Why yeah, can't they do that? Why can't they do that in football? And I think I think it's different because a goal in football means so much more than a field goal in American mm-hmm. football. Do you know what I mean? Like the I think the pressure the pressure is is similar, but also think about it. Like think about how fucking big a field goal is and you don't have the keeper like twelve yards away from you. You have, you know, all these players pushing the, the defense away to give you a clear shot. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. What the but, fuck um, was he thinking? That that bottom line, what was he thinking? Like Yeah. And he brought off uh, did he bring off Jared Bowen to I, Jared I don't Bowen I don't remember was one of the best best players on the pitch for them. And he brought him off anyway. Yeah, that was I mean I, I, I yeah I don't I don't I don't remember who he took off, but I just do know that the ball was in Declan Rice's hands and you know Declan Rice is a player and a half. Why not just let the man who's who like you know the captain on the pitch at the time just like be able to take take the penalty? It, to yeah. me, it, to me, to me, it makes no sense. And we've talked about it before when it came to the uh, when it came to you know Rashford and um, Sancho was it Sancho? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, we, yeah, we yeah yeah we we in Saka. I think Saka was on the pitch already for a little bit. So we talked about Sancho and Rashford and just that just being in the just being in the match and feeling that intensity. Is much different than just coming on and taking a pen. I mean, I mean, the only person I probably would trust to come on and take a pen would be Lewandowski, uh, Ronaldo, and Messi. But they would be yeah. on the pitch already anyway. So, yeah. Other than that, it's like, come on, man, just, just, just let the game play out how it should have. And you were fortunate to have that penalty. You were for, you would have been fortunate to have the, the, uh, you know, taking a point from that. And now you're left with, now you're left, left with nothing. Not saying De Gea wouldn't have saved it, but. 
more than likely you would have had a better chance by, by anybody else on the pitch taking that penalty. A hundred percent, especially because David De Gea's record of saving penalties is so bad. So, like, I think that's the first penalty he saved in, I don't know, a long time, 10 years or something crazy. <laughs> so, you know, the only penalty he saves is from a guy that you bring off cold off the bench. Um, but, look, three points is three points. Man United near the top of the table. I just want to – I don't like to speak about them often, but I think – they had a tremendous week as a team uh, and Liverpool definitely deserve credit and the shout out for, for their performance. And my guy, Sadio Mane, I think he deserves a special shout out as well because he's got his hundredth goal for the club or in, in the Premier League, I think something like that. Yeah. hundredth goal for the club, 98th for yeah. the Prem. Yeah. A hundredth. Yeah. I mean, that's a massive achievement. And I think he has come under criticism from commentators, from us, from, you know, from people that really don't matter in his life. But he's coming to criticism. Um, and he's <laughs> scored 100 goals for Liverpool in a 3-0 win. I mean, it's, you know, they, they look strong. They look strong this year. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, you know, we love those compliments as well. Um, we, we love those compliments. We know, huh? Oh, yeah. But I've been speaking French for a long time. Like. <laughs> You know, you, you actually made that segue so fast that I couldn't actually speak about uh, Jay Lizzie, uh, Jesse Lingard. I think that uh, from Jay Ling's, yeah, yeah, just just from the way that he's been able to come back from the young boys. Uh, young oh boys God, mistake. yeah, good point, good point. Yeah, to the young boys' mistake to now putting in, you know, uh, like the winner, it, it, you know, screamer it's, I think, as well. Phew, what a goal that was! I mean, it was crazy just seeing. I, I made a joke. I'm not sure if it was with you or with somebody else. I was like, do you think Ronaldo's talking to uh, uh, Jesse in the locker room after the young boy's mistake? Because, you know, he was livid. You could just see it in his face. But yeah. after after he scored against West Ham, Ronaldo was pushing him to go celebrate. Like, go yeah. celebrate, my guy. Like, go celebrate. And you're just seeing that. It's just like that That type of – we're speaking about Ronaldo again, but that type of, like, leadership, you know, is, is – is second to none. The best, like one of the best players in the world, best player to ever touch a field is like, go celebrate my guy. Like you deserve this shit. Um, has to be an incredible feeling. So just want to give shout shout out to Jesse Lingard. Cause I know that those few days <laughs> probably were difficult as fuck. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. We, we've all been there. We've all made mistakes like that, but not all of us have done it in the Champions League and not all of us have <laughs> <laughs> not all of us you mean and like 99 percent of us yeah and and basically none of us have done it for their boyhood club who people said that he wasn't good enough to play for so for him to come back and score a goal like that against the club he was at and doing well at um yeah you know shows shows a so strength of character and mental mental strength and stuff so yeah shout out to my guy jesse yeah big man jesse so you know, there is another like big squad that there are actually two other big squads you can talk about. Before we even go there, though, I just want to talk about Watford in North City. Um, is Maya Sar? He's a player. Bumba Jumba. I mean, I know. I think we spoke about him briefly before, but how long are his strides, though? By the way, <laughs> have you seen <laughs> him run? <laughs> it takes him like five steps to get from the halfway line to the end of the pitch. <laughs> 
Uh, bruv, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, if I'm a defender, I'm shaking. Yeah, shaking. I am shaking. Like, God. Just seeing him just come at you. I mean, he's so shifty. I'm I'm so surprised that he was not picked up by any by any other club. Like, yeah, but the there were talks, this, right? There were there were there were, there were a bunch about of him. Yeah, there've been a bunch of talks. There've been a bunch of talks about him, but I'll be surprised if he doesn't get picked up in in January. I mean, yeah. he's he's worth it, man. He's worth it. I mean, doing it on Watford, you know, actually allowing Watford to actually be somewhat competitive. Shit, man. I mean. No, he's, he's an achievement, a, he's, and and he's got and he's got youth on his side. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. his ceiling is high. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, only twenty three years old, he can probably even adapt to play not only as a right winger, he could probably play as a left winger and, and as a centre forward as well. So I think he's a top player, um, and especially when you've got a player in a team like that, where you know the season is going to be a struggle, if you've got yeah. someone that you can rely on who's having their breakout moment, you know, this could be the difference between Watford going down and, and staying up could be on one person's shoulders. So, yeah. And we love to see youth and, and like the new talent shine. So we're hundred percent behind um, Ismail Asar. Um, and I know you were going to talk about Watford, but also Brighton deserve <sighs> their credit as well because they're near the top of the table. And after the year they had last year, <laughs> they were dog shit last year. And now they beat Leicester. Yeah. Huge so what, what, what's the difference? What's the difference between this year and last year for you? In Brighton? Yeah, in Brighton. So uh, it's interesting. Brighton, um, a couple years back, changed their whole philosophy at the club. And they decided to not buy players based on how good the players were, but buy players based on them fitting into a philosophy that they had agreed upon. So they've got a guy that came in from the FA called Dan Ashworth, and they also hired Graham Potter, the coach, who see football kind of in the same way. And they Mm -hmm. know that if they stick to their principles, they stick to their system, the results will come. And I think it's kind of similar to the way Brentford look at things. If you keep creating chances, if you cre- keep playing the right way, the results will eventually yeah. come. And I think last yeah. year was just them getting the kinks out. And I think now they've got pretty much the exact same team as they had last year, but they've got a system of play that they stick to and they stick to it really fucking well. Um, got you. And I think that's one of the main differences. And I just, you know, I can't wait for my guy Tariq Lamptey to get back in the team. And then they're going to be a real force. Man, what a player that is as well. That, hey, we were really on that Lamptey train last year, but I was hey, you were in the hey, we were uh, side by side on that train in the front. Choo choo. <laughs> All aboard the Lamptey train. Uh, yeah, man, man, but what a player he is. So you know, we, we're speaking about you know transfer market just a little bit with like Ismail Sar, and you know we got a club that's been looking for a striker. I mean, looking and looking, searching for a striker. And they drew with Southampton. Big old Man City. Big money. Big money Man City. But what's going on? Is it because they don't have a striker? Or is it just like, the, what's, what, you got so much money on that squad in Southampton? It's weird. You score six goals in the Champions League in the week. 
against RB Leipzig, who, I mean, if you had to put those two teams together, you'd probably say Leipzig was a better team, right? For sure, for sure. So did they all did they score all their goals too quickly? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's their goals done for the week. Yeah, man, hit their cap or something. I don't know, man. It it it's weird to me because it just seems like they're just they're seeing them against RB Leipzig, and don't don't get me wrong, I don't think they played I mean, of course the front the front played well. I don't think defensively they did they did too no. well, but no, and Kunku did so. have some incredible goals. But at the end of the day, it's very weird to me because it looks like with all these creative players, with all this money that they've spent, they just have a lack of like ideas at times. They don't like know what to do. And, and I think, it's just yeah, like I think, pass, pass, pass. Go ahead. No, I think sometimes they get um, they get so stuck in their ways that players don't do thing, anything really off the cuff anymore. Like, I think that they don't have a plan B. And and at the moment, it looks like they don't have a player who can turn the game on its head. And they did have a player like that. They had Sergio Aguero who could do something like yeah. that. And yeah. I don't really think at the moment they have a player like that. They're also playing Raheem Sterling through the middle, which he's done before, but I don't think he gets the best out of him as a player. Um, and I think he's gonna have to. he's going to have to switch things up a bit. I think he might have to put Jesus back through the middle or... He might have to, <sighs> but Jesus looks so good on the on the right hand side. Yeah, but they need goals. Um, yeah. They need goals. They're never gonna cross the ball, right? Like you're never gonna get out wide and cross the ball. <laughs> so, you know, and that's why Manchester United is successful because they've been crossing the ball to Cristiano Ronaldo, and he's been, you know, yeah. he's been Make able to happen. score. It's, it's not because they've been playing incredibly well, but they're a goal threat, and at the moment they're not a threat. But you know, you know what it is as well is the fact that Cristiano is willing to take chances. They don't have any, but they don't have anybody with the striker mentality up there that is willing to take chances. Like there's some balls where like, am I going to get it? It's going to go off the keeper, maybe. But I'm going to be the first one there regardless. They don't have that. You know what I mean? Like that Sergio Aguero, like he was a, a real poacher. It's like he can yeah. he can make something out of nothing. And then also, <clears throat> someone shooting the ball out from the out the 18 yard box. He's running to the keeper as if the ball is going to just sure. come right back to him. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's just they they're not expecting well, mistakes. Think- they're not they're not they're not living on the edge. And that's what a great that's what great strikers do. They don't have that. Yeah. So hundred percent. And also they don't have players that take shots. Like think about yeah. how many sh- like they don't they don't have a player that if they get half a sight of goal they're going to shoot. Cristiano Ronaldo had like some of the fewest touches against West Ham, but he had the most shots in the game. Mm. Every time he gets the ball, he's looking to score, and they don't have yeah, it. And like you say, yeah. a striker that lives on the edge, and you, I'm not really seeing that from them. Um, but it's only you know what are we at four games in? It's still and, early and, days, and that's how they look. That's how they looked last year as well. They started off they started off poorly. You know, we yeah. were like damn, Man, Man City's down the drain, and they end up winning the league. So, I mean, it is as we know, as we know, it is early days, but. At the same time, this is a podcast talking about football, so we can only talk about the present. <laughs> yeah, so. we can only talk about the present. And there's so. one team that presently looks incredible. And unfortunately, that is Chelsea Football Club. Uh, I don't know about one team, bro. Like, see, this is, this is, I don't know about one team. There's two teams that look incredible, Okay. 
There's one that's red. There's one that's blue. No, what? Did you see that performance by Chelsea yesterday? That was a joke. That I watched. I watched the. I watched the whole match, and crazy, crazy enough is that Chelsea didn't look good in the first half. Tottenham actually. That's why they were. The so, first half. That's why I was so impressed. No, you know, you know what? The only reason why I'm very impressed with Chelsea, why I'm really impressed with Chelsea, is because they got one guy who just smiles his ass off, N'Golo Kante. N'Golo Kante is the fucking cheat code. Um, the cheat code <laughs> that is such a good nickname. He is the cheat code. Wow, he is a cheat code. He he he's the 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 crazy thing about N'Golo Kante. He's not playing the fifty yard ball like some of these. You know, a lot of these. Uh, CDMs are doing, you know, things like that. He's driving the fucking ball. And honestly, I'll close my eyes sometimes and I'll open them back up. And I swear to God, there's two Angola Contes on the pitch. Um, I don't know how he does it, but he's everywhere, like everywhere. And I think he deserves all the praise that he that he receives. But I also think he actually rece- he should receive more praise than he actually receives as well. Because the way that he came on at half and changed the entire match to me, is, is just uh, is incredible. If you look at that Chelsea team, where do you see where do you see a weakness? Um, I think it's uh, I see a weakness in people, Timo Werner, and also Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz at times looks incredible, but then at other times he just looks like he's lost, um, as if he doesn't even want to be there. Um, yeah, but is that a weakness in the team? Is that a weakness in their... It is. It is. Because look at... They should have won 5-0. 6-0. Maybe not, maybe not 6-0, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, because look at the chances that team... Like, <clears throat> Lukaku's hold-up play is fucking incredible. Um, yeah. And you saw you saw him play the ball to Timo Werner. Didn't, didn't get the shot off. You saw Timo Werner get another ball from... Um, I forgot who gave him that ball. Another shot, like uh, I think it was Kovacic gave him another ball. He ended up missing that as well. Kai Havertz, I don't think he had the match that he has, and sometimes he shows up, sometimes he doesn't. Um, I just think that they need that one more person they can rely on up front that can be a goal scoring threat. So it's not on all on Lukaku. Yes, Thiago yeah. Silva on the corner kick did amazing. Golo Kante, you know, deflection. Um, Antonio Rudiger, it was actually a ball from Timo Werner, which was uh, which was great goal. as well. But yeah, it was a great goal. But <clears throat> if Lukaku's not scoring, you know that's where it kind of gets a little like, oof, you know, where where else is it coming from? But you say that right, so they're, Lukaku's not scoring. But are they conceding goals? No, no. They are not conceding goals. And that's why I think they're so good because this team is so adaptable. They can play any game. They can play games where they have the most of the ball because their midfield controls the tempo of the game like they did in the second half. They can also play games like the Champions League final where they didn't have most of the ball and they came out on top because they're not, you know, teams aren't breaking them down. I haven't seen the team break this Chelsea team down. Can I just say one thing though before you start getting like real like excited about Chelsea, even though you're a United fan? You know how many goals have been scored against Liverpool, yeah? I don't give a fuck about Liverpool. One, one goal, one goal. You know how many goals have been scored against Chelsea? 
One goal. Where was that goal? When did that happen? Liverpool played Chelsea. So, like, before you, oh, they didn't score goals. It was a penalty. Uh, so what? It was a, it was a, the right call, wasn't it? Look, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, I'm winding Max up, you guys. Look, I'm, I just like to wind them up. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that they look they they look like they can play in any type of situation, whether they have the ball or not, whether they're playing well or not. They seem to grind out results, and you know, in the Champions League, they did it. They didn't play well. They didn't play yeah. well against Aston Villa, and they beat them three nil. They didn't play well in the yeah. first half against Tottenham, and they beat them three nil. Imagine when they start putting those pieces, really, really putting those pieces together. No, I I hundred percent agree. And the, the thing that's crazy to me is the fact that Chelsea, as we know, had a good was good defensively last year, and they got even better. Um, and yeah. it's the fact that even even when they went down a man versus Liverpool, you know, if if you really watched Chelsea, if you really knew Chelsea, we knew that they couldn't fucking score goals last year. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like they couldn't score goals, but defensively, after Tuchel came in, they were like Fort Knox. So. Yeah. When, when, even when even when they went down one man, it's like it's going to be difficult to even get past them. And like you said, they can play in any type of environment, any type of play, and they can really get shit done. Um, Tiago Tiago has just been um, a godsend for them. I mean, well, he's thirty six, thirty seven, um, about to turn yeah. thirty seven, I believe. And I mean, he's playing he's playing out of his mind as well. Um, you know, you got Reese James on the pitch. You have um, shit. Even what's his name looks amazing at times. The the left back, um, Marcus Alonso. And Marcus Alonso looks like a whole different player. You know, playing in this system um, yeah. when he wasn't even getting when he was getting no type of playing time um, with Lampard. I mean, some of these players, like when we look at the difference in the way that Tuchel has uh, kind of brought out of them to where the way that Lampard had them, it's like a lot of these players weren't even on the fucking pitch. Yeah, Jorginho wasn't getting as much time. Nah. I mean, yeah. a lot of a lot of these players weren't getting no time. I mean, Timo Werner still should get any time, but that's neither here nor there. Um. <laughs> oh, man. How, how does uh, that but, happen? How does what happen? Sorry, I, I just wanted to say, like, like him being so good in the, you know, in the Champions League and the Bundesliga for RB Leipzig. I, I think this is a completely off-topic thing to say, but I just needed to say it because I've just like started thinking about it, like seriously thinking about it. Eden Hazard has been at Real Madrid for three years. Three years. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, what has happened to him? Is that the biggest fall off in football history? I think it just shows how good Ronaldo is. No, come on, man. Like, (laughs) I'm just saying, being able to switch leagues and like the the, the credit that we just talked about Ronaldo early in the episode. See what you're saying, yeah. I mean, in three years, Ronaldo has been in three different leagues. Yeah, that's mad. Three or four years, and it's been just been scoring goals. Top goal, top goal scorer in uh, Serie A. Top goal scorer, like, uh, maybe him and Messi going at it in La Liga. Shit, right now he's top of it, like close to top of it. Uh, you know, just yeah. jumping, jumping into the EPL. So, not yeah, not to fanboy too much, but no, nah, I mean it's crazy because Timo Werner. But if you really watch Timo Werner, which we did and we spoke about before in like way, way earlier episodes. There were things about him 
that we that we already knew that ah, he needs to get yeah. he needs to get it together. I mean, the amount I know, of chances. One time, I tried to say that he was a right-footed Mo Salah, and I am sorry, Mo. <laughs> I should have never done you like that, man. I this is my this this next couple of weeks are going to be like my redemption course to giving Mo the Mo Salah the the credit he deserves from me because I know he gets it from everyone else, but man, I was I really dogged the guy like. He's much better than I gave him credit for. I also I'm predicting him to be golden boot winner in, in the Premier League again. Is it? Yeah, I think so. I think he'll get it. You don't think you don't think Lukaku Ronaldo? Like Kane? Is Kane anywhere near it still? Man, talk about bad performances. Whew. Yeah, he needs to stop that drop back drop back poppy and to get his ass in the um get his ass in the box, man. I couldn't have said it better myself. So he's, not, he's, he's just not that guy. He's not that guy. Um, he, he, he is, but he's not. not. He is, but he's not. But, you know, the, the, the crazy thing is before international break, uh, Tottenham was top of the table. Um, <laughs> also, yeah. before interna- before international break, Arsenal was bottom of the table. Um, you know, we, we know, how, we know how, how quickly things can change in the Prem. So, I mean, we could talk about this, and then two weeks later, our shit is dated. Liverpool, Chelsea, both losing two matches in a row. They're like, what the fuck is going on? So, you know, who knows? <laughs> well, I think the one thing that we found out by doing all of this is that we don't know shit. And we're just talking, and we're just chatting shit. But we're enjoying it, and we're going to try and predict and add as much analysis as we can. But we really appreciate you guys tuning in with us. Um, I mean... One thing that is for sure is that we're going to enjoy this football year even more than we did last year because uh, it seems to just keep getting better. But tap in with us on all of the channels, all of the socials. You know where to find us. And uh, thanks again. And peace. Peace.